2 Corinthians 1, 3. 2 Corinthians 1, 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. This is what it says. Any trouble. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So Paul says there's three things about God right here. He says, first, he's the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that the Holy Ghost is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, he says, the father of mercy. Mercy, the pity or compassion which one shows for the suffering of others. Mercy, the pity or compassion which one shows for the sufferings of others. The Holy Ghost is the Father of mercy. He has compassion for the sufferings of humanity. And this is extremely significant because compassion means that the Holy Ghost had and still has sympathy for the sufferings of humanity. He has the capacity to understand the physical and psychological pains we experience. Hebrews 2.14, Hebrews 2.14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Why, Paul? That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. So the Holy Ghost experienced death. Why? Because he purchased the church of God with his own blood. Acts 20, 28. Then in verse 17, he says, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Well, in order to be a merciful and faithful high priest, he had to incarnate himself and become like us. He experienced the physical pain of sin in his sinless body, but he also experienced the psychological pain of our existence in this world. Verse 18 says, For in that he himself that hath t- suffered being tempted, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is also to, able to succor them that are tempted. In other words, in this context, to tempt is to try or to test one's faith, to try or to test one's virtue, one's character. And it's done by enticements. So we are tempted to sin against God and ourselves by the tempter and the adversary of our soul. And this temptation causes psychological stress because we are tempted and our trust in the Lord is being tried. The Lord doesn't try us. The adversary of our soul. Oh, you're, so, you're, you're, you're going to trust in the Lord? Well, take that. You're still going to trust in the Lord? Well, take that. You're going to still trust in the Lord? Take that. Yes, I'm going to trust in the Lord because I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. I will trust in the Lord with all my heart and I will lean not to my own understanding because in all my ways I will acknowledge him and he will direct my path. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. 
When Jesus was physically weak and mentally exhausted, Jesus was tempted by the tempter. And the Bible says that when Jesus had fasted 40 days, the devil came to try his virtue and try his character with power, fame, and material abundance. Jesus resisted. Thus, he clearly understands the psychological stress that comes from resisting the enticements of sin. And so the verse says he is able to succor them that are tempted. To succor is to provide help or relief to someone in a difficult or unpleasant situation. So the question is, how does Jesus succor us in our moments of temptation? 1 Corinthians 10.1. 1 Corinthians 10.1. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. But God is faithful. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. So he says temptation is a common occurrence. Temptation is the result of living in this wicked and evil world. And this flesh, this weak flesh is vulnerable. The soul is strong. Jesus says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak, y'all. And the flesh is vulnerable to the temptations of this world. But he says God is faithful. He will succor, succor us when we are tempted. And by his power dwelling in us, he will provide us help. And he will provide us with some relief. He will not suffer us to be tempted beyond our capacity to resist. And in this context, suffer means to permit or allow. Thus, our merciful and faithful high priest will not allow us to be destroyed by the temptations of this wicked and evil world. He will not allow us to be pushed to the limit of destruction. You can't lose your mind. And I can tell you that firsthand. And by his power, he will give us the strength to endure, resist and overcome. And he will let you know. Uh, I think it was last week I told you that he is attuned, perpetually attuned to our, our needs and our struggles and our pain and our misery. How do we know? How do we know? Some of you were here last week when I told you about my mental disturbance. And it was a serious mental disturbance. Found myself at JPS. Well, the Sunday after that, some of you were still here during our interactive. Were you here? Some of you here during our interactive service? A woman came in that had never been here before. She had never been here before. And what did she say? I want you to know God is pleased with what you are doing. I want you to know God is pleased with what you are doing. And don't be discouraged. That's how the, that's how he works. He lets us know that he loves us. He lets us know that he cares. How? Like he'll send someone. He sent a messenger to send me a message to let me know, not to let my heart fail, that I can stand on his word, that he will go before me, that he will go behind me. He is with me. He is for me. And nothing in this world can come against me and win. Let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. 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 That's the way he works. He works through others. 
He works through others. And that blew my mind. It really did. Because he really let me know he cares about me. But he also let me know that he cares about all of us. His ear is open to our cry and his eyes are right there because we are the righteous ones. We belong to him. He purchased us with his own blood and he will not let us slip. He says, no one can pluck you out of my hand. No one can pluck you out of my father's hand because my hand and my father's hand are, the, are one. He said, I will be with him in trouble because he knows my name. I will be with him in trouble. And I will manifest myself to him and let him know how much I love him. Let him know how much I care. That I will never, never, never let him go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lastly, 2 Corinthians 1, 3, the third thing that he says. He says, the Father is the God of all comfort. There is only one true God. And the one true God is the God of all comfort. He's the God of all, as in completely inclusive. All as in excluding none. All as in absolutely in every situation. In every situation, Sister Glover, he is our comfort. He is our strength. He is our power. He is our grace. He is our joy. He is our contentment. He is. And he's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And he doesn't reward you with money. He doesn't reward you with things. He rewards you with comfort. He rewards you with strength. He rewards you with power. He rewards you with fortitude. He rewards you with courage. Oh, give him some praise. Oh, give him some praise. He's worthy. Oh, yes, he is. He's our father. He's our father and he knows our needs before we ask. He's the God of all comfort. In other words, he's our only source of comfort. And matter of fact, he's the only source we need. And if there's any comfort to be had, it all comes from him. The Holy Ghost is the God of all comfort. Well, what does Paul mean by comfort? Comfort in the Greek, is parakaleo. It is a compound of two words. Para, meaning in close proximity. He's always there. To reside in a household or in a sphere of influence. Kaleo, to call or invite. So together, parakaleo is to be set at the side of another. He is set at the side of another. To receive, we are there at his side to receive consolation from him. We receive encouragement from him. We receive aid from him. We are edified and emotionally strengthened by him. He won't let you go. He won't let you go. He paid for you with his blood and he won't let you go. Therefore, if the father is the God of all parakaleo, then he's the only one from whom we can receive consolation. He's the only one from whom we can receive encouragement. He's the only one whom, from whom we can be edified and strengthened. And he's the only one that can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. But to receive his comfort, you got to be in close proximity to him. You got to be in his household. 
You got to be in his sphere of influence. John 14, 1. John 14, 1. Jesus revealed this truth to his disciples. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Those are comforting words. Those are comforting words. And you know, very often this passage is misunderstood. In their corrupted view of the gospel, many believe Jesus is talking about a soul having a house in heaven. You will hear folks talk. He's talking about God isn't, Jesus isn't talking about heaven at all. This is as far from the truth as the east is from the west. Jesus was not talking about heaven. Jesus was talking about going to the cross first. He said, I got to go and prepare a place for you. And his disciples were troubled and they were deeply disturbed and they were afraid. So Jesus knew they needed comforting. And so he was speaking words of comfort to them. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Why, Jesus? Because when you believe in God, you believe in me because I am God. Then he says, in my father's house, we know that the father is the Holy Ghost. Well, in the household of the Holy Ghost, in the sphere of his influence, there are many mansions. That's what it means, mansions. In the Greek, it's monē, many individual dwelling places. An abode, a dwelling place. Monē derives from the word mono, as in singular. Mono is a metaphor that Jesus is using, referring to a believer's one-to-one relationship with the Holy Ghost. So he says, I've got to go to the cross. I've got to pay the price for sin. I've got to suffer. I've got to shed my blood and die. So that once I had died and resurrected, I will now put my spirit in you. My spirit will be in you. And where you are, I am. And where I am, you will be. Does that make sense to you? So there are many one-to-one relationships, many abodes. And then in verse 23, verse 23, Jesus refers back to verse 1. He says, if a man love me, He will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. That's the mansions that he's talking about. That's the money. That's the one on one relationship. So Jesus says in the realm of my father's influence, I will have a one on one relationship with every soul that loves me. Every soul that loves me. And he will let you know that he loves you. He will let you know that he loves you. He will let you know that he cares. Hmm. What would I do without his love? What would we do without his love? What would we have without his love? What would we be without his love? In Corinthians 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, Paul talks about this money, this one-on-one relationship. For as, as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. 
whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Spirit is capitalized, so we know he's talking about the Holy Ghost. So he says, we are baptized by one spirit. We are baptized by the Holy Ghost, and we drink into one spirit. Baptized means, in the, in the Greek, is baptizo. It means to fully immerse. So we've been fully immersed in the Holy Ghost. We've been fully immersed in the power of God. We've been fully immersed in his joy. We are fully immersed in his peace. We are fully immersed in his victory. Hallelujah. And then it says drink. Potizo. Potizo is to imbue. And to imbue. To satisfy one's mind. Imbue. Imbue. Excuse me. Imbue. I-M-B-U-E. Imbue means to take into, into drink. And to saturate one's mind. Imbue and saturate are synonyms which mean to completely fill. So not only have we been baptized and washed in one spirit and he's in us, we have imbued him. We have imbued, we have ingested the power of God. Mm, We've invested, oh. (laughs) So in our one-to-one relationship with Christ, Our souls are fully immersed in his body. Our souls are completely filled with the righteousness of our father. That's why Jesus says when you pray, you say our father. Because once you've been washed in his blood and you've been born of the water and born of the spirit and been born again, he is now your father. He's your heavenly father. And he lets you know because he will meet your need and your need is to be righteous. And once you're righteous, he will take everything, take care of everything else. Hallelujah. We are fully immersed into his body. Our souls are completely filled with the righteousness of our Father. We are in his abode. We are in the household of the Holy Ghost and the sphere of his influence. That's why I said he won't let you won't lose your mind. You might, your flesh is weak. Your flesh is going to do what your flesh does. Oh, but he won't let you lose your mind. Mm. In, 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 in my time of need, I was saying, I will bless the Lord and, and, and I, w- I will bless the Lord and exalt his holy name. I will bless the Lord and exalt his holy name. I will bless the Lord and exalt his holy name. I will bless the Lord and exalt his holy name. And I felt the burden just lift right off of me. It just lifted off of me like a suitcase. I, I felt it. I was saying, I will br- bless the Lord and exalt his holy name. I will bless the Lord and exalt his holy name. I will bless the Lord and exalt his holy name. I will bless the Lord and exalt his holy name. And he was there. He was there all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. So when Jesus says, I go to prepare a place, he was telling them, I'm going to the cross so that I can have a one-to-one relationship with each of you. I'm going away, but I will return, he says. And when I will ter- return, we will dwell together in my abode. And where I am, there you shall be also. The disciples were still afraid. So Jesus spoke definitive words of consolation and comfort. He said in verse 15, uh, John 14, verse 15. If you love me, Keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. For and ever are two separate words, which means continuously. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Oh, but here it comes. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth 
with you, and he shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus says, I will give you another comforter. In this context, another in the Greek is alas, A-L-L-O-S. It means of the same. Alas, of the same. Thus he says, uh, and, 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 and in, in, in the Greek comforter in this context is parakletos. Parakletos. We know para is close proximity, but kletos is helper. Parakletos, para, close proximity, kletos, helper. Thus a parakletos is one who advocates, one who consoles, one who helps, and one who intercedes. Now earlier we learned that comfort parakaleo is a compound of para in close proximity to reside in a household or sphere of influence, and kaleo is to call or invite. So together, parakaleo, to be set at the side of another, is to receive consolation from another. We are at the side of another. We are at the side of the Holy Ghost. We receive encouragement from him, we receive aid from him, and we are edified and emotionally strengthened by him. Mm. And Jesus says the Father will give you another. He's going to give you another of the same. In other words, when I return, I will be the same comforter, he says. I'll be the same comforter that's talking to you right now, but when I come back, I won't be talking to you. I'll be in you. And I will dwell with you, and the same comforter shall be in you. So he says, he was telling the disciples at this moment, I'm the comforter that is with you. However, when I return, I will be another comforter. The same comforter that will be in you. I will be the comforter and spirit of truth that you will know. I will be the same comforter to give you strength. I'll be the same comforter to encourage you. I'll be the same comforter to keep you holy. I'll be the same comforter and I'll put my influence in you and I will be, I'm with you now, but I will be in you. And I will not leave you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. In the Greek, comfortless is orphanos. Orphanos, from which we get the word orphan. So he says, uh, uh, orphan or a parentless child. Thus Jesus says, I the father, and they knew he was the father because he had already told them, will not leave you fatherless. I will not leave you as a parentless child. I, the same comforter, will come to you and abide with you forever. And when I come, you will clearly understand what I'm saying. Then he specifies how he will comfort them in verse 26. He tells us how he will comfort them. He says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Is that what it says? But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart, let, 
That means you can you can you got some power there. You got some control. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be 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 afraid. Don't be afraid. You believe in God. Believe in me. Trust me. Trust me. I'm your ever-present help in time of trouble. Now, before we move on, let me show you something extremely significant about what Jesus is saying. In verse 3b, Jesus says, verse 3b, he says, I will come to you. Then in verse 18b, he says, I will come to you. And then in verse, then in verse 20, he, he says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who will see, will he, who the Father will send in my name. Then in John 16, 7, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. In other words, we saying, I can't be in, in this body of flesh standing in front of you and then be in you at the same time. So I've got to go away so I can come back and be in you. So Jesus says, in order for the same comforter to come, I must go. He says, but the same comforter will come again. Who is that comforter? He says, I. He says, I will come to you. The same comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, will the Father send in my name. Of course the Father's going to send him in his name because the name of the Father is Jesus. And the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. And the name of the Son is Jesus. And he says, I will send him unto you. So Jesus says, the Father will send the comforter. But he also says, I will come. He says, the Holy Ghost, he says, the Father will send the comforter. But he says, I will come. Are you getting this? The Father will send the comforter, but I will come. And I will send the comforter. So let's apply some rational thought here. If the father will send the comforter and Jesus will send the comforter, then what does that tell us? That the father and Jesus must be the same sender. Doesn't it? If the father will send the comforter and Jesus says he will send the comforter, then the father and Jesus must be the same sender. And if Jesus must go away so that the same comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, can come, then the Holy Ghost and Jesus must be the same comforter. Yeah, yeah. So what this means is that the Father is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the comforter. And the name of the Father, the name of the Holy Ghost in the body of Jesus. Yes, At the beginning of John 14, Jesus says, you believe in God. Yes. Isn't what he said? Yes. Believe, believe, believe also in me. And in verse 7, he says, if ye had known me, ye should have known my father. But then he also says, from henceforth, ye know him and have seen him. So he's telling them, you're looking at the father. You're looking at the comforter in a body of flesh. Mm, you got to have the Holy Ghost to understand that. So Jesus was making it definitively clear why they should not be afraid. He was doing his absolute best to help them understand who he is, to comfort them and relieve them of their fears. I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all my fears. He says, believe what I'm saying. Do not be worried. Do not be troubled. Do not be afraid. I will not leave you comfortless. I am your comforter. I am the God of all comfort. Paul clearly understood this truth. That's why in 2 Corinthians 1 3, 2 Corinthians 1 3, we heard him say, he identifies the Holy Ghost as the Father of mercies. 
he identifies him as the God of all comfort. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. We heard that. How? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So God comforts me so that I can comfort you. God comforts me so that I can comfort you. Jesus is the God of all comfort. He's the only source of true comfort. And not only is Jesus the God of all comfort, he's the father of mercies. And his mercies are new every morning. He's sympathetic to our human condition. He knows what we experience in this dark and evil world. And so out of the spirit of his mercy comes the compassion by which he comforts his people. Out of the spirit of his mercy comes the grace by which he influences his people with encouragement and strength, not only to endure tribulation, but to resist temptation. He gives us the encouragement and strength not only to endure tribulation, but to resist temptation. Paul says he comforted us in all our tribulation. In the Greek, tribulation is thalipsis. T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. Thalipsis. It means to press, to crush, to squeeze. Thalipsis is to be troubled. Thalipsis is to experience mental distress. That's why Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be thalipsis. Let not your heart experience emotion. I mean, let not the heart is where we experience emotion. That's where we experience it. That's where we experience our trouble. That's where it is. It's right here. It's not in the flesh and actually flesh. It's in this carnal, weak carnal mind. Thus, the God of all comfort says, don't let this dark world trouble you. Don't let this evil world cause you mental distress. If you believe in me, if you follow me, if you keep your mind stayed on me, if you remain in my sphere of influence, I will comfort you and my grace will keep you in perfect peace. And I'm a living witness. His grace keeps me in perfect peace. So the question is, how does the God of all comfort, how does he comfort us? Verse 4, he says, who comfort us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So he'll send someone, like he sent that woman to me, to let me know, to encourage me, to let me know that he, he's pleased with me, he's satisfied with me, I please God. And there's no better feeling and there's no better consolation than to know that you're pleasing God. So Paul says, I'm encouraged, I'm strengthened, and I'm able to endure the stresses and the strains of this evil, wicked world so that I may be able to encourage and strengthen those who are also dealing with the same stresses and strains of this evil, wicked world. Because we're all in it together, but he's in it with us. We're all in it together, but he's in he's with us. He says, I will be with him in trouble. I will be with him when he's squeezed. I'll be with him when he's pressed. I'll be with him when he's feeling emotionally weak. I will be with him and I will never leave him and I will never forsake him. So I'm able to encourage and strengthen those who are dealing with the same stresses and strains of this evil world. And by the spirit of strength that comes from the God of all comfort dwelling in my soul, I am able to comfort others by the same spirit that comforts me. 
we know that the comforter and the God of all comfort is the Holy Ghost. And I believe Paul is saying that because we all deal with stresses. We all deal with strains. We all deal with tribulations. We all deal with the temptations of this sin-sick world. And we deal at different levels and understandings. And so very often the Holy Ghost will use the experience and understanding of someone to minister to the spiritual needs of others and bring them comfort. Paul was one of those members. Philippians 4, 1, 1, Philippians 11. Philippians 4.11. Philippians 4.11. Is this making sense to you? Are you getting something out of this? Speaking of, from experience, Paul says, I have learned. Is that what it says? In whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to abase and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry and to abound and to suffer need. And then he tells us why. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. There are two words stand out. Learned. Montano, meaning to understand and, and content. Excuse me. Uh, to meaning to understand and be content. And then this Greek, uh, 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 the, the other word, content, content is artarchus. Independent of external circumstances. Independent of external circumstances. I know how. I've learned, he says, how to be independent of external circumstances. I have learned, I have come to a level of awareness and my understanding is whether I have plenty or I'm barely making it in my state of mind can be independent of my external circumstances. Whether I have plenty or I'm barely making it, my state of mind can be independent of my external circumstances. My state of mind can be independent of my external circumstances. Whether things are going well or not, my state of mind can be independent of external circumstances. He says, I understand that my state of mind has everything to do with my level of comfort. My state of mind has everything to do with my level of comfort. That's why he says, I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me because he trusts me. Because my mind is where my level of strength is. Mm. Mm. My mind has everything to do with my level of comfort. And I believe we can, we can relate to what Paul's saying. Because you can sit in a chair that is physically comfortable. But if you're anxious or stressed about something, no matter how comfortable that chair is, you can't seem to physically relax. Why? Because you are mentally disturbed. True comfort, listen, is a state of mind. And this is how the Holy Ghost comforts those who have his spirit. I just said it. I will keep him in perfect peace. Who's mine? It stayed on me. Because you can't, you, can't, you can't keep your mind on me and be afraid. You can't have your mind on me and be fearful. 
Because while you're trusting me and believing me, that's where your mind is. That's where your comfort is. How do we trust the comforter, though? By believing him according to his word. And when we trust him, we allow him to do what he does best, and that is comfort us. Paul says, I'm content. He says, I have mental comfort. And he tells us, I've been through a whole lot, he said. I was shipwrecked. I was beaten. I was in prison. I was left for dead. I was out in the cold naked. I was hungry. But in all those things, he said, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So he says, I'm content. He says, I have mental comfort. Mental comfort is is being free from anxiety. Mental comfort is a feeling of calm satisfaction. Mental comfort is quietness in the soul. The flesh can be falling apart, but there is comfort and quietness in the soul. I will bless the Lord and exalt his holy name. I will bless the Lord. and That got me through. I will bless the Lord. And exalt his holy name. That really, it got me through. It got, it lifted my burden. It lifted my anxiety. It lifted the disturbance I was going through. I will bless the Lord. And exalt his holy name. Mm. Mm. So how do we experience this mental comfort when we are faced with difficult situations? How do we do it? Well, in order to be comforted by his word, you got to know his word. First, We must understand that God is controlling the world on a macro level because he has set laws and principles into place, which the entire universe is subject to. However, he is not controlling the world on a micro level. He does not arbitrarily influence the thoughts, choices and activities of human. He does not do that. He does not arbitrarily influence us. He does not arbitrarily make us to make choices. He doesn't do any of that. He's righteous. And the microcontroller of this world is the God of this world. Satan, the tempter, the one to whom the first human being handed over the entire control of the world. He gave, he gave the entire control of this world and everything in it to the devil. For a piece of fruit. The God of this world, it says, blinds the minds of souls so they cannot receive the comfort from God, the God of all comfort. I'll say that again. The God of this world blinds the minds of souls so they cannot receive comfort from the God of all comfort. Because if you don't have the comforter in you, you can't receive his comfort. And that's why folks are killing themselves like crazy. The God of this world manipulates and torments the flesh with worry and anxiety. Did you hear that? The God of this world manipulates and torments the flesh with worry and anxiety. I had a voice in me saying, telling me, you're no good. You're worthless. You're not, you know, you're, you're a wuss. That's what it was telling me. You're no good. I will bless the Lord and exalt his holy name. And see, the thing is, what, what really made everyone, uh, got everyone excited was I was screaming it. I was literally screaming it. And the neighbors heard me. Nosy neighbors. So the God of this world manipulates and torments the flesh with worry and anxiety. The God of this world is the God of misery. 
He's the God of pain. He's the God of confusion. He's the God of destruction. And he's the God of death. Oh, but the comforter defeats it all. He defeats our misery with joy. He defeats our our pain with with, with love. He defeats our confusion with with order. He defeats our destruction with his word. And he defeated death with his life. Therefore, we can't expect anything in this world to comfort us. We can't expect anything in this world to comfort us in our times of tribulation because the God of this world does his evil meticulously. He's been doing it for a long time. He hates us. He hates us. He hates the people. He hates every. He hates humanity, but he really hates the people of God because we've got something that he can never have. We've got souls that are that are going to be redeemed. We've got the love of God. God does not love him. God can't love him. He's evil. But he died for us. God died for us. And the devil hates you. He hates you because God died for you. Because God loves you and shed his blood for you. Because you've got something that he can never have. And that's a a soul that can be redeemed. We've got the soul of God in us. That's why he went to the cross. And then Paul tells us, who also faced extreme evil and trials, and he said, Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And what will happen, Paul? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your mind. How? Through Christ Jesus. He says, be careful for nothing. Comes from a word which means don't be anxious. To be anxious is to be nervous and afraid. To be agitated and unsettled. The very opposite of mental comfort. So he says, don't let situations cause you to be nervous. Don't let them cause you to be afraid. Don't let them cause you to be agitated and unsettled. Especially if there is nothing you can do to change the circumstances. Did you hear that? Don't let situations cause you to be nervous, afraid, and agitated, and unsettled, especially if there is nothing you can do to change the circumstances. We must understand that there are situations that are completely beyond our control, and this recognition is where mental comfort begins. This is where it begins. I cannot change the situation. I have the power of God that I can endure the situation. Paul says we endured hardness like soldiers. You got to be like a soldier and endure hardness, but you can't do it if you don't have the harder in you. He, he, he puts his hardness in you. He makes you hard. He makes you able to stand. We can stand. He says, having done all to stand, stand. Stand, therefore. I hope this is making sense to you. So instead, so we must understand there are situations that are completely beyond our control. And this is where recognition of our mental comfort begins. So he says, instead of being nervous, fearful and worried in our out of our in our in your out of control situation. Let me back that up. I get I get really excited. Instead of being nervous, fearful and worried in an out of your control situation, he says, come with prayer and supplication. I will bless the Lord. And exalt his holy name. By prayer. 
talking to God, speaking in that language that he has given you, and by supplication, asking him for what you want, and thanksgiving, thanking him for his attention to your situation, because his ear is attuned to our situation. He promised it, and he said, make your request known. That's why we sing that song, take your burden to the Lord, and leave it there. Day after day, you keep hoping that time will bring about change. But day after day, nothing happens. And the situation still remains. So what do you do when you don't know what to do and your burden is too hard to bear? Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Don't pick it up again. Leave it there. What does my, what does my request look like? Well, because you've been born of the water and of the spirit, you have the indwelling of the comforter. So you can come to him in prayer saying something like this. Lord, I'm in a situation that is causing me to be fearful. This situation is beyond my control and on my own, I have no solution to this problem. You are the God of all comfort. Therefore, I will take comfort in you and I will Trust you. And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. And Paul says, after you have done this, after you have affirmed your trust in the Lord with all your heart, let it go. And if you really trust the Lord like you say you do, then you will let it go. And the peace of God, as I said, that passes all understanding will keep, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. In this context, keep is for nail. For nail, it means to protect, to guard, to comfort. So the God of all comfort will guard, the God of all comfort will guard, protect, and, 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 and comfort your heart. Your emotional state and your mind, excuse me, the God of all comfort will guard you, protect, and comfort your heart. He will comfort your, your emotional state and your mind. He will comfort your mental state. How? Through Christ Jesus. He will comfort your mental state. How? Through Christ Jesus, who is the God of all comfort. But this doesn't mean that the situation is going to turn out the way you want it to. What it does mean is that no matter how it turns out, good or bad, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. You know all about that, Sister Minister. Whether the situation turned out good or bad, he guarded your mind and you got through. He will give you strength to endure that you didn't know you had. He will give you strength to endure that you didn't know you had. The God of all comfort has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. You might think you'll lose your mind if something dreadful happens, but you will not. You cannot. You have the mind of Christ. Your flesh is weak, but you have the mind of Christ. The God of all comfort is the comforter. Peter says, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. And his ears are open unto their prayers. This, this is the, the, the comforter is our parakletos. The comforter is our helper. He's our ever-present help in time of trouble. Ever-present means he's always there. 
He's always in close proximity to give us the strength that we need. We have the Holy Ghost. We have the indwelling of the Comforter. He's our righteousness. He's our joy. He's our peace that passes all understanding. By his power, we have the mental strength to, uh, to face the vicissitudes of this, uh, this life. And we got some vicissitudes. But by his power, we're able to possess a quietness in our soul. By his power, we walk in the newness of life and the beauty of holiness. By his power, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we don't go by what we see. We go by what we don't see. Jesus is the God of all comfort. All means inclusive. No matter what the situation is, we can find comfort in him. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Living in this wicked and evil world controlled by the devil is labor intensive and we get tired. But the Lord says you can find rest in me. You can find a blessed assurance in me. Cast your cares on me because I care for you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You believe in God? Believe also in me. I'm your comforter. I'm your strong tower. I'm your secret place. I'm your place of safety. I'm your place of strength. I'm your place of power. I'm your shield. I'm your buckler. I'm your place of refuge. I'm your God and the God of all comfort. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you for how much you love us how much you care about us and how you knew that we would need strength in this world. We would need strength to endure. We thank you for the strength. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your sound mind. And most of all, we thank you for your word. For it is by your word that we are strengthened. It is by your word that we are encouraged. It is by your word that we are built up. Lord, we love you. We love you with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our souls. And we stand here in eager, optimistic expectation for your glorious appearing. But Father, until you come, until that day that you come and crack the sky, we won't stop believing you. We won't stop trusting you. We won't stop standing on your word. Mm, In you we live and move and have our being. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Anyone in need of prayer? Anyone in need of prayer? All right. Questions or comments? Questions or comments?